You're listening to Metal Matters, the official weekly Gimme Metal podcast. Hey everybody, hope everyone's doing well. One of the coolest things about this gig is that I get to talk to really interesting people. And this week, I got to talk to Barney Greenway of Napalm Death, one of my favorite bands, probably the first extreme band I ever really checked out back in the day. You know, I was listening to thrash metal, you know, punk, hardcore, that kind of stuff. And when those early death and grind bands first surfaced, Napalm was the first band I really dug into, and um, for a number of reasons. So I got a chance to talk to Barney. It was cool. Uh, This interview took place on the heels of the release of their brand new record, Throws of Joy in the Jaws of Defeatism. So here we go. Congratulations on the new record. I, I think I've listened to it all in all about ten times since I got it last all week. Right. So uh, it's yeah. a great, great record. And um, this conversation's taking place pretty much on the heels of the release of that record. Sure. So it was Friday. I think it came out as far if my, uh, you know, if my um, time skills are anything to go by. Yeah. One of the things that. I've always loved about Napalm Death, and I and I I can't even remember how many times I've seen the band play over the years, and um, you know stretching all the way back to the beginning of the band's history, is the different changes in sound and just like the the sort of um, goals I guess of the band. It seems like just to always come up with something new, and I feel mm. like right now based on this new record and based on the single that came out earlier this year, that the, there's, there is like another sort of beginning of another chapter possibly in the band, so at least with the sounds. Right. Um, well, I, w- I would say, Mark, is that, um, I would say that it's actually, I would put it a little differently. You know, I, I think that's... Um, I think this record is just another little step forward, you know, because if you look, if you look at the stuff that's on the album that I think you're referring to, um, we've always done that stuff, really. I, I just think that I just think that nowadays, um, as you as you might hope, after 15 albums, this being the 16th, you know, the, the chemistry in the band in terms of songwriting is just getting a lot better, you know. So I think that. Whereas perhaps a few albums ago, you could have looked at a Napalm album and go, well, this is that particular style of song, you know, traditional, fast, chaotic. This is that style of song, whatever it is. That's that style of song, whatever it is. And this is another one. You know, you could maybe sort of separate them out. Now, I think the styles are incorporated into per song. You know what I mean? So each song has two or three, sometimes four or five elements, you know, of the kind of the sort of um, the post-punk um, noise rock kind of elements that, like I say, we, we've always had really, you know, we've always had that those touchstones and reference points. So I think more than anything, it's just a, a progression in, 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 I think, songwriting of the band really, you know, um, more than anything else. Um, I'm not sure if it marks a new era of the band because I think that... Um, I think that Apex Predator was was 
kind of along the same lines of this album but again you know this album's just a couple of steps forward so um but that, that's just my impression you know well back on apex predator there's the opening track easy meat and that grabbed me right away and um yeah, yeah i put that i put that record on and i was like wait this is like i mean th there was a song way back when on enslavement to obliteration uh called yeah. evolved as one i think it's, it had this very yeah. swans yeah thing going yeah. on and and that you know that that's always what i've loved about napalm death is that it was extreme music but not specifically grind or metal there was like all these other elements that added to it and, I, and yeah. i've always thought that like you know industrial and this kind of noisy post-punk stuff was also extreme music yeah that's see that's that you've, you've hit the nail on the head right there you know because um to us um, to us, extremity is a very wide sonic palette. You know, I mean, we, we I, I think sometimes you, you might agree or disagree with me on this, but I think sometimes people, and it's not everybody, but there is a percentage of people out there who see um, extreme music, uh, specifically the grindcore kind of genre, as like either, um, um, you know, fast drums with fast metal guitars or fast drums with fast hardcore punk guitars you know they don't really see outside of that which is fine you know but but for us the the, the palette of, of influence is, is really really wide you know because we see extremity or potential extremity in places where you know we can give things a napalm twist and it, and it won't be it won't seem like alien to what we're trying to do you know so that that's our whole thing really you know we don't feel um we don't feel painted into a corner you know and neither should we you know as as, as a band you know um I, I i would hate that actually i would hate to get typecast you know into just one thing and you know that's what people demand from you you know ad infinitum you know I, I, that, that would feel really unsatisfying because at the end of the day you know writing music is a very selfish art yeah of course you write for the, the people that, that might have an interest in it you know but but first and foremost you have to satisfy yourself before anybody else you know and so you you have to not be afraid to do things you know and, and i must admit that in the past you know in the early days when i joined the band um i was a little bit nervous about doing things you know about stretching myself you know and um but i think with time i think i lost that you know because what's what's to lose you know at the end of the day you gotta gotta live and die by your own decisions you know so. yeah i mean especially nowadays i mean you've been in the band for you know decades at this point you know yeah, it's thirty years. Black <laughs> year for me. I mean, fucking hell for a for a for a band as noisy as Napalm. I mean, fucking just think of that for a second. It's pretty crazy, you know. Now, when you joined the band back then, did you think that thirty years later you'd still be doing this? Oh, mate, no way. I mean, realistically, <laughs> realistically, I kind of thought to myself. Um, you know, get a good two or three years out of this. Be great. Be something to tell people. You know, like a adventure tales you know to tell some some you know whoever might be interested you know um and that's you know that's all you can do you know realistically that's what it was you know that you know he just didn't expect to get any longevity out of it i mean i when i when i joined napalm i basically overnight made a decision to leave an engineering um, um uh, admittedly i was still in my apprenticeship you know so i was very young you know but uh, potentially that was my 
my going to be my life you know working in in engineering you know so i just decided no fuck it you know when when what was essentially my favorite band comes along and i look just into the immediate future you know and um there was a cb cbgb's gig you know within within um um, uh, um, sort of a month or so of me joining the band. I mean, that was just too too irresistible for me. You know, I just couldn't. I just couldn't turn that down. You know, I I just I just had it been another band. Let's put it this way: had it been another band that had come along, I probably probably would not have gone with it. You know, but it was Napalm, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, I'm I'm gonna do this. You know, so. the title of the new record. Is there a bit of irony associated with that title? Because it could be read a couple of different ways. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, you know. I mean, the the the, the actual subject matter behind the album is pretty clear cut, but I, I like to use. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm a language nerd. You know what I mean. So, so I'm always I'm always looking to use um, metaphor and wordplay, and um, you know, um, and the more difficult things such as irony and pathos and, and and a little bit of black humor in places, you know, which I must thank, you know, uh, the likes of Jell. Uh, Biafra, you know, and um, uh, and the band Crass for that, you know, because they they absolutely, in my humble opinion, you know, they perfected the art of doing that, you know. I, I I'm still working on it, you know, but um, yeah, I like I like to use a sort of language wordplay. So, uh, throws a join the jaws of defeatism is is an oxymoron you know it's a positive and a negative active in the same sentence so there's one for you language nerds you know <laughs> fellow language nerds you know so yeah that's 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 the actual little structure of it you know but um yeah so if you want me to explain um, the meaning i can do that you know yeah if you want that'd be great i mean uh, sure, sure. You, you could play so, it a couple so, of different ways you know yeah so so i'll explain like the subject matter of the album after that because it kind of leads it, it, it makes sense you know to to kind of cover it all in one you know but um so so um so so there's a very with the title itself there's a very visual aspect to it so jaws of defeatism well that to me kind of meant refers to the negativity with the stuff I'm talking about um, in the album title, which I'll go on to in a minute, but the actual jaws of defeatism themselves, um, visually I envisaged uh, like a, a steel trap, uh, a man trap, or I don't know what, if there's another word for it in the States, but the, 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 the traps that people set to catch bears and things horrible fucking things, you know? So, so, um, so I imagine that and I imagine, like somebody being caught in it now ordinarily obviously if you get caught in something like that you're going to be probably really seriously injured and extremely distressed to try and get out of it but i kind of looked at it in another way i kind of looked at it if, if i was caught in it you know i would hope that um the the trap that represents the negativity um that i'm going to go on to talk about in the album i'm basically thinking of myself getting away from it in a positive way saying no i'm not going to be kept in this thing i'm fucking out of this you know what i mean and i'm going to get away from this you know so that's hopefully that just gives you a little bit of a visual you know so then so then going on to the album the 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 subject matter on the album title itself the negativity i was talking about so um it's always important for me to um whenever i approach the lyrics on a napalm album is to make it 
um, to to run it in parallel with whatever's going on at the time in the world. You know, um, um, so it has to be current because I think that Napalm's are obviously a musical band, but also an ideas band. And if I if I want people to connect in any way with those ideas, it's got to be something that they're able to associate with in their world, in their lifetime. You know, at that particular time that they can connect to. It might not be something that's happening directly on their doorstep, but if it's something significant that's happening in the world, they're gonna they're gonna be more interested than just if you write generic. Um, subject matter you know which although I might be on board with in principle I think sometimes you can lose the meaning you know if it's just for example an anti if you make an anti-war album you just make a general anti-war album well you know there's been tons of anti-war albums up to this point Uh, unless you can specify some things on there then it's I would argue that it's not going to have the full impact that you would want it to you know so so um so going on to the actual subject matter, um, so um, I wanted to talk about like the dehumanisation and, 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 and marginalisation of people, you know, because whilst it's nothing new, I think it's moved up a level at this point because you've got governments now around the world who are employing this kind of language and using certain tactics, using the marginalisation of people to to further themselves, you know, to solidify their, their, their power base, their voice, you know, in the countries that they preside over, you know. I mean, the obvious candidate for me is is somewhere not too far from you, but it's, <laughs> yes. it's such an obvious it's such an obvious thing that I I'm actually loath to really like you know go into that you know because it's it's you know there's there's a he's he's not the only one that's doing this you know so there's two there's two illustration points that I use to kind of, as examples of this really I mean. Like refugees, you know, is one thing. So the kind of language that's used about, about like, migrating peoples at the moment who are trying to escape, you know, um, poverty, hunger, tyranny, violence, and generally are just seeking a more dignified life, you know, which should be available to everybody. You know, it shouldn't just be exclusive to um, a small percentage of the world's population, you know. So I find the language that's used about those people and the way they're portrayed, I just find it to be fucking inhumane, you know, and just not... If the if humanity and the human race actually means anything at this point, then this is just not, not the way to treat people, you know. Um, another example that I would use is, uh, like, the LGBTQ plus community, you know, because I think... Whilst in the last few years you could argue that in the wider public space there's been a lot of progress, you know, there are also governments now who are very much turning it backwards. You know, they are they are sort of they are sort of almost suggesting that the uh, the biological makeup of people who have you know. Um, who, who, who are who are from that community is somehow um, skewed and can actually pollute the rest of the population. You know, there are there are governments in in Europe actually who are very loudly proclaiming and celebrating that they uh, this perception that they have gay-free zones within their own country. You know, I mean, That's this disturbing. is disturbing. Yeah, definitely. pretty batshit crazy stuff. You know, and. And but I think that the, the problem with it is, and why I thought it was actually quite urgent to expose and address this stuff, you know, for, um, 
is that you know you, you have to remember is that in the 1930s in Europe we had some very charismatic people who used those kind of tactics to 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 solidify their power base and became dictatorships you know and actually the, the marginalization dehumanization of those people in several steps led to mass murder you know of of marginalized peoples you know so whilst i'm not suggesting that we that we're close to that at this point i think these things are always a possibility you know if they go unchecked you know so i i i thought it was very important to to expose this stuff now i mean and and put these ideas on the table and, and quite simply for napalm death of course to be the antithesis you know of that to stand up and say or you know um this is our fellow human beings that you're talking about and this is just not fucking acceptable whichever way you slice it you know so so that 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 was that's what underpins the album basically in, in terms of subject matter yeah that's that's one of the things that I, I always sort of expect from you guys is to have some kind of strong context for uh for these these statements you know, these political statements a way to um you know, like identify with a lot of this and um you know once again, you mentioned uh, he who shall not be named Donald Trump. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the really crazy thing about his uh, anti-immigration stance is that we're, this country is based on immigrants, basically. Yeah. I mean, like... Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. My, my, my family, like my father's people came from Ireland and my, mo my mother's people came from Italy. So... Sure. And I'm only once removed from being an immigrant myself, really. So... Uh, sure. You know, that kind of xenophobia, I just don't understand it here. Yeah, and the thing is, Michael, well, I mean, let's take it back several thousand years of steps, you know. If it wasn't for migration across which, which across land masses that weren't even known as continents then, obviously, you know, you wouldn't even have the world we have today. Exactly. It, exactly. it just wouldn't have even been formed as is, you know. And, and there's another aspect to this as well, you know. The country that I'm from and the country that you're from, we're always quick to interfere, you know, across the world, you know, using imperial measures, you know, to to um, to go in and, and, and stir up countries. You know, it's, it, it is it could be argued that we we created a lot of um, sectarian tensions in a lot of these countries, you know, so. So can we not expect then that that that, that several decades, you know, uh, multiple decades down the line, that people aren't going to kind of try and seek shelter, you know? Yeah, no, it's exactly <laughs> I mean, right. It's, it, it's just, a, and I, I just think again, you know, going back to sort of reference what I mentioned in in my last answer, um, I just think that. I think to myself sometimes, have we not fucking learned as human beings? Have we not learned from the, the mistakes that we've made, you know? And if the sustainability of the human race is actually important to us, we kind of need to learn to stop putting these barriers up amongst people, you know? Not only does it perpetuate that massive inequality and imbalance across the world you know but it also stokes up tensions you know um, to the point where there's just perpetual violence in the world because the imbalance of 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 life chances you know and i'm not i'm not when i say life chances i'm not talking about you know the the kind of um you know this getting ahead entrepreneurial 
like idea i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the fundamentals of living with dignity as a human being you know what i mean and if we don't understand that and act upon that it's the human race is not going to last you know because you cannot go on like this there's several tipping points you know in in in, in the near future you know which are tied to quite a few different things and, and and environmental concerns for one thing you know that's that's the way that's going that could also cause huge schism you know in the human population you know yeah definitely and um yeah i mean a lot of that is oil lobby and things like that trying to uh you know any kind of emerging technologies that might help us get off fossil fuels there's these sure gigantic corporations that are trying to keep that you know lobby against that so yeah, but there's an there's an even less there's an even significantly less complex um, medium that um, could cause huge fucking um, conflicts in the world, which is quite simply water. Oh, you know, yes, yeah. because you know the one thing, Michael, that I absolutely object to, you know, in this world is private companies and corporations purchasing water supplies. You know, as far as I'm concerned. Water is a human right, you know, it's a fundamental human, it's one of the fundamental human rights, you know, and it should not be that access to water is excluded, you know, because private bodies have, have bought up water supplies. It's come to the point in some countries around this world, you know, that there are water shortages in populations because private companies have been allowed to buy licenses on water supplies, you know, and have, and, and are using it to 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 further their shares in the bottled water market. You know, that's that's fucking complete that's scandalous at best you know at best <laughs> wow you know i should read up on that more because uh yeah i mean look at what pepsico you know and cola coca-cola are doing around the world you know south and central america you know there are there are real problems with water ownership down there you know speaking of another uh, global catastrophe that we're sort of in the throes of right now um you know this whole pandemic that we're enduring Napalm Death had a pretty substantial amount of touring going on, both here in the U.S. and around other parts of the world. And unfortunately, a lot of that stuff got canceled. Mm. How have you guys been dealing with that as far as, was there like a huge financial you know, problem or you, you're planning yeah. to reschedule things for next year or things like that? Yeah. So, so, so first and foremost, I mean, in terms of... Um, in terms of the busyness you know so i mean this album is out and uh, trust me it's been no different for me actually certainly in the last two to three months because there's been so much to do regarding the release i've almost forgotten you know that that, that the band's on ice at the moment you know because of the lockdown thing i mean it's been really 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 busy and you know what i'm glad we we didn't postpone the album we, we actually not not at any point did those of us in the band who generally, you know, are very concerned with this stuff, um, not at any point did we say, oh, let's just postpone it. You know, we had no intention of doing that, you know, so we, we were always going to put it out. Obviously, on the touring side of things, that's a little different, you know. Um, we are on ice for now, you know, and, and, and it is what it is you know for me because sure i miss it and being such a, an active band in that respect it seems really strange you know to have not played since march you know but um like i say it is what it is mate you know i am um, i've accepted the situation um i i i don't lose sleep at night over it because what's the point 
you know, I can either worry myself into oblivion about it, you know, or I can accept it for what it is and and just 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 ride with it, you know, at the moment and just see what see what happens into the future, you know. Um it it, it has been difficult um uh, for I'm sure, you know, for for um probably more so for Shane because he has a family and dependents, you know. Um for me personally, I don't need much. I've always lived a very simple life, you know. I don't need a lot of stuff around me. So I've just made a couple of adjustments, you know, further adjustments. And um, it, it, it's not really been that difficult for me, you know. Um, so I'd be lying if I said otherwise, you know. Yeah, of course I want, I want the touring to come back. But, you know, I also understand that you've got to protect people who are far more vulnerable than I am, you know, out there in the general population. And, um, you know, this, this, this disease, I've seen what it can do, you know, thankfully not, not to my immediate family. My brother's actually got it right now and he seems to be, he's quite ill, but he's dealing with it. You know, he's not getting markedly worse, but you know, I, I do, I do know other people whose families and have had like, um, you know, people who have been really, really seriously ill with it, you know, and it's um, it, it's serious stuff, you know, so I, I wouldn't want to be selfish about that, you know, because um, I understand the situation. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I would, like I say again, you know, I would really love to get back to, to doing what Napalm does, you know, but... Um, I can't at the moment, so I'm just gonna have to accept it because there's no other way around it, you know. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a pretty uh, you know, like there's no way, there's really no path forward than to just endure, I guess, you know. Yeah, I mean, actually, well, I will say this. So, like, I, d I don't know what I, I know. Obviously, I've followed the general situation in the states, and I know it's been pretty grim, you know, in terms of um, you know, the coronavirus, but um. In in the UK, um, we um, the cases have been going up in the last couple of weeks quite significantly. So we're about to enter more measures, you know, which means that in a, we have one gig in the UK in November, which in all likelihood um, might not happen, although it's still on the schedule, so I'm not going to say for sure. Um, but we do have some gigs in the Czech Republic in November, and they have been... Gigs have been happening in the Czech Republic, you know. Um, there has been stuff going on, so maybe we will get to do those, you know. Um, but more widely in the world, uh, it's looking pretty uncertain for now, you know. So I'll, I'll just stick with it, though, you know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the things, this is kind of a random question, actually. And, um, you know, back in the 90s, I remember seeing you guys on tour. I think it was uh, with Napalm. Um, yeah, you're in Napalm Death with um, Morbid Angel, mm. and you had um, these soccer jerseys, Napalm yeah. Death soccer jerseys, or I'm sorry, football jerseys. Okay. One of the things that I've always been astounded by is the passion for football that most Europeans have, and we yeah. really, really don't have anything like that in the states over here. I mean, you know, we have we have like American football and basketball and baseball, but 
it's not as ingrained into our culture as football is in Europe. So where, where does the fascination start with that? Because I know you're a fan. Well, I, I, probably that football shirt she referred to was uh, maybe uh, one of my actual club shirts, you know, my local club, you know. Uh, okay. But it, wasn't, it was, probably wasn't a Napalm Death shirt, but uh, I, I could be wrong, you know, but um, it was probably my local team, which is uh, Aston Villa, you know, which is Birmingham team, you know. But... Um, um, but you do actually, you do have a quite, um, it's not as big as Europe, that's for sure. But I've been to like football games in the US, you know, I, I went to see uh, the Dynamos, Houston Dynamos, um, 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 a couple of times, you know, um, and it was good, you know, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as many people in the stadiums that were getting here, but it was, you know, it was, they were very enthusiastic about it, you know, but you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, I guess it's just a cultural thing. I mean, it's just the fact that South and Central America and Europe and some of the continents around the world are just really big on what we call football, which you call soccer, you know? And of course, of course, when you flip it over, like, um, although it does have a following in the UK, American football, basketball, and hockey are very minority sports, you know, um, far behind um, our football and cricket as well, actually, you know, uh, cricket and rugby as well. Rug rugby is another popular sport over here. It, I think it's just a cultural thing, you know. I think it's just um, just one of things, you know. Yeah, it's just I've, every time I meet Europeans, they all play, though. They're all, like, at yeah. some point in their life, they've played – if you're hanging out with a band from like you know England or whatever, the the soccer the football comes out, you know, and, and yeah, they start yeah. playing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, don't forget, it's quite an easy pick up and play <laughs> sport, you know, uh, football. I mean, if you were to play American football, like an anything resembling a competitive game, you'd be probably you'd be probably like broken and battered, you know, after a few <laughs> minutes, you know. You couldn't play that sort of game, you know. Whereas with football, you can you can go and play a game of football without too much um, fear of injury. Although, you know, me being me, I used to play um, in like local teams many years ago, and I cracked myself like good and proper, you know. So I, I had to stop playing, you know, because I I just um, yeah, I had quite a bad injury, you know, and um, and um, it, it just put something in my head. I just didn't want to play. Basically, I ripped a toenail off. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, I, my, it was my own fault because the boots that I had were really old and not in good shape. And somebody went in for a sliding tackle, you know, and the studs caught the front of my boot and ripped the front of the boot. And it took my toenail with it, you know. So it was, needless to say, it was not a pleasant experience, you know. And I just, I just, after that, I just, I was just like, I'm, 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 I'm done with this, you know. So. Yeah, getting over injuries, man. That's definitely could be uh, could be trying at times. You yeah. Know? So the video for Amoral, um, that's a that's a pretty pretty cool song to represent the record. So was uh, was there any kind of story uh, behind that? Yeah. So um, so the, that that actually Shane's um, lyrics, um, which which like the, I'm going to pull up the lyrics right now actually while we're speaking because it's better if I want to reference them properly you know just bear with me one second and I'll pull those up you know but uh, uh, right where are we where are we no wrong file of course it's the wrong file <laughs> uh, just one second 
So I was talking about these the other day, but there's so many bloody songs on the album that, you know, and so, so complex, you know, some of the, the way they're written that I sometimes I forget, you know. So I'm going to pull up the lyrics for that. So just to refresh my memory. Um, so, um, so yeah, so basically what he was talking about with this was, um, you know, human conflict sometimes goes so far, but it's so futile sometimes that we fight amongst each other, you know. And there's quite a good line in the lyrics that he wrote, you know, which says, in the end, we're just food for the worms, shit of the earth, you know, and really that's all we are. You know, when 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 everything, all the stress and schism in our lives, you know, amongst with with other humans, you know, counts for nothing. You know, when you die, because you just go back to the earth, you know, we're just worm food, you know, and going back into the soil, you know. So so that was the thing with that, really. And and the video is really good because um, it's it, well, the, just just to explain a little bit. So it shows a lot of footage of um young kids in various modes of play you know um a lot of a lot of older footage that we found some really interesting footage so um, and what that says is if you look at some of the videos you'll you'll see things like kids saluting each other like playing soldiers and stuff like that so what what we're trying to suggest with that is that you know hierarchies unnecessary hierarchies i would suggest from my uh, my point of view are formed at a very early age you know from conditioning you know sometimes kid games kids games even they might look innocent but they are subject to conditioning from adults you know that you should always be dominant in your in even in your playtime you know and i would suggest that I would suggest that that's 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 sometimes not a great thing you know what you should actually learn to do is interact you know, on a, in a very uh, sort of humane level with other human beings, you know, that's the first thing you should, that should that that should be understood by 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 kids. You know, I would suggest because you know, kids are very impressionable. You know, at a very early age, um, you know, and we we underestimate kids at our peril. You know, and um, so I, I think you know these things can be formed very early on you know um my, my personal opinion people might disagree with that but you know i think it's uh, for me it's quite a strong thing you know yeah the video is interesting because it is it has like a subdued tone to it but there's still like a very powerful message with the song yeah 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 we, we like that power of suggestion you know you can see also people putting on faces you know in the video you know putting on makeup and stuff like that like a like a second face kind of thing you know because i think sometimes as human being you are you are instructed to put on a particular uh, personality rather than rather than rather than be yourself you know so so um you know that's i guess the the other aspect to the to the video you know the the the, the uh, ideas within it you know so. I have to ask you a question here about one of these titles here. Uh, the syntax, is this correct? Joie de ne pas vivre? Is that yeah, joie that? de ne pas vivre. Okay, that, that's actually the correct yeah. way of writing it in French? Well, you know, you, know what, you know what, Michael, I would bow to your <laughs> superior French knowledge possibly on that, you know. But, uh, I, I, yeah, you might be saying it correctly after, and that, that sounds like really good pronunciation, but... Um, so, uh, do you know what it actually means? Do you, are you aware of the translation? Or um, it's uh, let's see, uh, no joy in life. 
Yeah, actually, you're pretty close. So the joy, yeah, you could say like that, actually. Or no happiness in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so the reason for that is, um, well, there's multiple reasons, really. So starting from the beginning, which is a good place. So Shane came to me one day and said, yeah, I've got this um, great, like, Young God-style song. So are you aware of that band, Young oh, God? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. Right, in, so, right in there with Killing Joke. Yeah, mate, the first, well, I, I, we like a lot of their stuff, but the first Young Gods album for us is like fucking masterpiece, you know what I mean? And so, like, Sh- Shane, we, we, we kind of had a loose kind of understanding that at some point we were going to have a like a proper Young Gods song, you know, for, 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 for one of the albums. So he said, yeah, I've got this song. It's just bass guitar, you know, there's no guitars. And I was like, fucking fantastic, you know what I mean? And so, so... So as as the Young Gods um, generally wrote a lot of stuff in their Swiss French tongue, you know, I was like, well, fuck it. If we're going to go Young Gods, we got to have a French title, you know. <laughs> so so that's that's what I did, you know. And 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 also, where, where, where there's another place where it comes from. So Joy de Vivre, of course, was one of the members of the band Crass, you know, one yep. of the female members of the band crass and so i always loved that she had that name joy obviously is 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 you know is is a, is a female name you know so i love that i love that 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 sort of um alias you know so um so and, and joy de vivre of course is is has been co-opted into the english language i don't know if you use it in 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 the u.s in, yeah. in language or, yeah but we use it you know as a as a, as a, as a turn of phrase you know so so yeah and it fitted in with the it fitted in with the lyrics you know so so the meaning the context that i use it in is you know when people are so we were talking about the dehumanization and marginalization of people. So when people are so prejudiced against other people that they, 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 they live their life like, like being suspicious and hateful of other people rather than actually celebrating the joys within their own life that they should be living. I just find that quite absurd situation, you know, so that that's the idea behind that basically. Now it's interesting because you mentioned Crass earlier, and that's why I was like, I kind of made a little connection there, and that's why I wanted to bring that, that song title up, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Crass underpins. Um, it was more the Young Gods than than than, than actually Joy herself, you know, Joy De Vivre within within the band Crass. It was more the Young Gods connection on this occasion, but but Crass is 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 definitely um, um uh, 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 un- underpins what what i do in napalm death you know so yeah I've, I've always found like a some kind of thread even you know even bef- like even in the beginning when i first started listening to napalm death like say like in the late 80s mm. um just like with the political you guys both being from the uk um you know and i've always associated uh you know that sort of underground music with having a political sort of uh you know in some cases like an anarchist sort of vibe to it yeah and well uh, that's the thing michael if i could just interrupt there you know um um you know it could be argued and i would agree you know that 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 napalm death obviously has clear visible um uh connections to 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 the left you know um side of life you know if you want to put it that way that's probably a better way to put it but um also on the other side of things, we I also recognise that, you know, if the end game is the liberation of all peoples and of sentient beings, as as I personally believe, then 
you could also argue that politics up until now you know in in our lives has generally been quite tokenistic you know and not always very useful so it could also be reasonably be said that napalm you know is also to a point an apolitical band because if 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 the priority and the end game is for human liberation and and and, and politics doesn't even necessarily um get halfway towards that you know then 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 it also it, it becomes tokenistic it becomes a little bit meaningless you know in some respects and and, and if you want to take crass you know that's a common misconception about crass is they were a political band actually crass were very very sort of um they were very forthright about this you know um they they always thought that the the, the tags of things like left and right were just were just an attempt to divide people you know to divide people's attentions away from what governments were doing you know to people keeping people suppressed and keeping people down you know uh, and 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 disempowering people you know so crass were were, were never would if you said to if you if you said to crass back in the day well you you know you're a left man they said no no we're not we're not at all that's the whole point of being you know having like an anarcho syndicalist foundation was to not recognize any 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 political um any political um stripes you know or leanings or however you want to put it you know so well yeah actually yeah. i think by definition it's like anarchy is like uh yeah. without governmental rule sure. or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah it, you know it's a, it sees a better way for the collective and the individual you know unfortunately people get confused sometimes you know they realize like, yeah you know, anarchy yeah. chaos you know and uh they Sorry. get a little they get a little confused with these terms sometimes i think you know sometimes with yeah. people yeah but that's fine you know i don't expect everybody to be reading great tones of you know <laughs> political or non-political theory you know there's nothing nothing wrong with that you know it's just you know i you know i'm you know sometimes uh, i'll say this as well mike so you know pe people people sometimes think that contradiction in life is like the worst thing you could possibly do but but natural contradictions occur you know and it's just a fact of life you know that that that, that I've just told you, you know, uh, about my my sort of my sort of opinion of Napalm being both a political and an apolitical band. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. That's just it's just one of them things, you know. What other bands do you guys like? I mean, uh, you know, we I didn't uh, the Young Gods came out of like the blue, and I was like, wow, you guys are fans of that band. I love them, and and I picked up yeah. right away on the Killing Joke sort of connection too. Yeah, Killing Jokers, is, you know. Um, well, mate, I could reel you off a list of stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, shit. I mean, of the of the more sort of quote unquote left field stuff, like Birthday Party. Oh yeah, you know, Nick Cave's band. Um, uh, My Bloody Valentine. You know, um, Joy Division. Um, for me personally, Gang of Four, for me personally, you know, um, oh God, Swans, of course, you mentioned, Cabbages and Kings, um, A Throbbing Gristle, um, um, Coil, oh, you yeah. know, Current 93, you know, Deerhoof, you know, um, of all the left field stuff. And then, you know, the I guess the more obvious stuff, you know, Deep Wound, Siege, Infest, um uniform choice celtic frost death massacre 
Um, oh God, you know, minor threat, you know, fucking the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on ad infinitum, you know, so it's a, it's a long, it's a big old pallet, you know, that we, uh, that we, uh, quite happily carry around for our equally big fucking paintbrush, you know, so. I think, uh, Swans are really the band that kind of, uh, indoctrinated me into the idea of extreme music not necessarily having to do uh, with like metal guitars and fast drums and all that sort of stuff yeah I mean you gotta remember this for, for, on a personal note Mike so back in the day you know like Mickey and Shane were, were talking about this stuff um, when other people weren't Justin from Godflesh you know was, was talking about all this stuff like way back then when other people arguably would you know shane would talk about like a ton of bands you know um even some really poppy bands you know that had quite abrasive edges you know and people are bitch shane like oh what are you fucking talking about you know that that that's not that's not extreme you know that's not that's not the sort of fast and furious stuff that i want to listen to and shane was like well you know look at these elements you know these are not your standard you know easily digestible things you know and so they were they were pushing that stuff like way way back when and you know shane and mickey gave me a little bit of an education on these things and i'm, I'm grateful for that you know because it opened my eyes yeah sure i was knowledgeable about a lot of it myself but they opened up opened my eyes to a few things that I just wouldn't have known about you know and i, I sort of I'm, I'm really thankful for that you know so so yeah i mean you know things like swans i mean mate it, it, like i was saying earlier on you know uh, for people that might only see one or two strands of extremity i do i do recommend that they go and look especially the early swans videos you know the the, the stuff they would you know like 82 83 yeah you know that sort of oh my fucking god you know i mean the most insane noise you know the most the most um the most um um hopeless sounding vocals you know the um and, and i mean that in the sense of emotion you know the most um the most um depressive grating you know like noise you know which to which the which saying those words back to myself just sounds like something that i would just go i need to go and see that band like now like yesterday you know what i mean so so you know it's it's there's just so much extremity in that stuff, you know, that people possibly don't know about. Still, quite a lot of people, you know. There's a pretty good book out there. Um, it's like an oral history of the swans. That uh, okay. The title is escaping me, but I just read it maybe uh, about a year ago. And it's okay. uh, interviews with everyone that was ever in the band and peripheral people and Michael Gira's brother. And, I was going to uh, say it's not the Michael Gyra book, is it? That he wrote a few years. Is it? Is it by Gyra or no, is it by somebody no, else? No, another yeah. another guy did all the interviews and edited it. And um, okay, you know, it's got every member, everyone, and they all right. have their That's recollections. Long. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fascinating, especially the early yeah. years. You know, yeah, and um, I recommend that to anyone out there who hasn't have any idea who we're talking about right now. And yeah, no, I must look for that. You know. Yeah. You know what, mate? I'm such a bookworm. You know, I I, I miss out on so much stuff because I'm, I'm 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 a big you know I'm a big fan of books. You know, I I do like you know various things really. But yeah, yeah, me too. I'm uh, I'm always I'm always reading something. Always working yeah. on something. Reminds me of that Bill Hicks thing. I'm a reader. You know what I mean? It just Hell sounds yeah. really absurd. You know when you say it. You know? 
Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time, Barney. Sure. And um, yeah, mate, anytime. Yeah, I'm going to be giving this record uh, definitely. It's on. It's on. It's it's on the hard volume playlist right now for myself. I've got this okay. record. It's 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 uh, you know part of my regular habits every day, and I'm really excited about it. And good luck with everything. Oh, cool. Thanks very much, man. I really appreciate that. You know. All right, That's man. Great. So, yeah. Uh, All right, Michael. Do you want to um, do you want to send me? Um, can you send me the links and stuff um, to my email when you get chance? And I'll I'll make sure it goes, you know, to the record label and and, and to, to Napalm, you know, and uh, we'll we'll make sure that it gets uh, spread across the socials and stuff. You know? Absolutely. This will be going up uh, Tuesday of next week. So yeah, I'll send that right Great. over. Yeah, fantastic, mate. It was, it's, it's it's lovely to talk to you, mate. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Take care, man. Yeah, have a, have yeah. a good evening. That's it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, an official Gimme Metal podcast. Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. This show is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Metal, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews, and so much more. I'll catch you guys next week. Take care.